Now, if there's one thing I'll say about this book is that it has some interesting people on the cover. So yes, you ha- it does. So you have Nigella Lawson. Fair enough. Yeah. Indian Knight. Don't think I know who that is. Sally Hughes, journalist. Fine. I then did a bit of unfolding. Paula Hawkins, author of The Girl on the Train. <laughs> why is... Well, yeah, <laughs> literally, no, why? what are you doing there? Yeah. <laughs> ah, yes. Heartburn. The thriller of its day. Yeah. <laughs> maybe uh, she's had some sort of bad divorce we don't know about. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Oh, hello and welcome to Looks and Books. With Kat and Ollie. Episode 37, Heartburn by Nora Ephron. <laughs> there was genuine enthusiasm in that one. There was. We both put our arms in the air like on a roller coaster. <laughs> you know, in Madagascar too. Right? Oh, wow. I love where this is going. Resume. <laughs> I don't know. It's just the, the lemurs and they're like on a funny roller coaster. And he's like, Maurice, put your hands up like this. That's us. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> my ru- so- my my movie reference of the t- <laughs> of the day, yeah, that'll only be one. <laughs> is there's something about now? This is no shade to you, obviously, but sometimes when I see you without makeup on and just looking a little bit worn down by life, it's a bit like that scene in Devil Wears Prada, <laughs> where Andy goes to Miranda. <laughs> oh yeah, and you and, have to put Snoop Dogg on yeah. my table. <laughs> By all means, fetch away. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, do you know what? Same. Sometimes I always forget, and then I like catch myself in a mirror. I'm like, oh, am I all right? <laughs> Excuse me, miss. Are you having a bad day? <laughs> oh, by all means, move the glacial pace. You know how that thrills me. Well, we might as well ask a stupid question. H- how are you? I'm all right. This you s- week, you seem better than I've seen you. Yeah, previously. I'm only not wearing makeup because this morning I woke up and I was like, I can have a shower or I can wear makeup, mm. and I hadn't washed in some time. <laughs> Surrounding neighbourhoods were starting to complain. <laughs> Honestly, Josh's sister visited the uni last week, and her first remark was how boe the studios are, and we're all nose blind to it. Really? Like I don't. Yeah. It's very hot, and I do smell myself sometimes, but I don't notice that the whole studio smells of bo. Yeah. Nose blind. I don't know if you'd washed on Saturday when I saw you, but you didn't smell. No, I'd washed on Friday. <laughs> well, that would be why. Yeah. Yeah. The worst case of nose blindness that I've ever seen <laughs> is, you know, at school, people that actually did drama yeah. in year 11 and stuff, they couldn't smell the feet smell anymore in the studios, and that to me is too much. <laughs> <laughs> what you just said then <laughs> was really boring. <laughs> The context behind that little school anecdote for more local... <laughs> well, no, obvi- I feel well, like no, that's very genuine... relevant to all drama studios. I think all drama studios, if it's a wooden floor, you have to take your shoes off. Yeah. And you couldn't have your socks on. No. That was why I always hated drama. Same. And there was always a rumour that you could get away with wearing socks that had rubber soles. Mm. But that was lies. It was a lie. And also, why would you want rubber soles on your socks? It's all a bit much. <laughs> So you don't slip on wood flooring like we have. I know, but just take them off. Like just, take, <laughs> just don't like don't don't go to that length to invest in socks. Just so you don't have to take them off. I have socks like that. Yeah, well. <laughs> oh, anyone that's been to Air Hop has socks like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, my Grinch ones. <laughs> yeah. How how goes your? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on as swiftly as possible. <laughs> how um. The flashest of flashes. <laughs> Wait, where's that from? Love actually. Oh, love actually. 
<laughs> how how is the house degree stuff? I mean, all right. I have. They're not like with finishings and stuff, but I have three outfits made, mm. which is half of what I yeah. have to do. So that's quite quite all right. Yeah, that yeah. is good. And your T minus five weeks. We five weeks today. We hand in on a Tuesday because the Monday is bank holiday, which is very selfish because I'm not going to be able to do anything on that Monday. <laughs> we just ate. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the sound of me enjoying my meal. <laughs> that is selfish. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. It, it's all going to be fine. Yeah. I'm all right. Yeah. Actually, I'm fantastic and we'll get to buy. But um, oh, I'm not doing that now. Well, I'll, 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 I was going to do a seamless transition <laughs> into news from the week. Yeah, I wanted oh, I see. to okay. it's building suspense, cat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just tired. Like every, my life has basically gone from like naught to forty-seven. Mm. You, uh, de- 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 decent yeah. speed. Nothing. Mm. To, do you mind? Stomach? Can we not? Just for one day. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm a bit tired, but uh, I'm hoping I don't burn out. Mm. Um, I might as well go seamlessly into news from the week because mm-hmm. why not? I have I have news, everyone. And mm-hmm. if you don't follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you may not have seen, but I have been offered what I think I could only describe as my dream job. <laughs> I'm so excited. So on Monday, I start, it's my first day working as a publicity assistant at Michael Joseph, Whee! which is a division of Penguin Random House. And anyone that follows me or, you know, well, hopefully you do if you're listening to the podcast, but I've dreamed about having like a full-time proper job in publishing for a very long time now. So it feels absolutely surreal to say that I'm starting in like five days, Ah, six days. God, can you believe? I fully can't. If I dream everything I want to be, if I dream all my possibilities. (laughs) God. If you so just exciting. believe in your wildest dreams, they will come true. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. So I think last week I mentioned I was doing a secret project <laughs> that was obviously YouTuber code for job interview. Yeah. <laughs> which clearly because we're went, not YouTubers. Because we're not YouTubers. I mean, literally, what other secret project would I have been doing? <laughs> like, I don't know, like a podcast. Know, sexual health test. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'd tell the podcast about that. <laughs> yeah, other podcast. <laughs> no, so yeah, I've just been wrapping up at Waterstones, which is I'm actually I'm really sad to leave. That the the worst thing about getting this job is leaving Waterstones because it is the best job I've ever had. Yeah. And everyone there is so lovely. Mm. So I'm gonna be going in at the weekends because I have abandonment issues. <laughs> I don't like to leave things in the past, as we all know. One of my favourite hobbies is remembering. <laughs> and I start a penguin and it's just so weird because Basically, this time last year, I had my first ever like publishing gig or whatever, which was two weeks work experience at Penguin Random House at the same offices that I'm going to be working at full time. Mm-hmm. Like I started on the 17th of March, I think. Really? And now, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's base. It's just over a year. It's wow. absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, that is funny. And so much has happened in that year, but it's just flown by, mm. and it just feels weirdly. Uh, full circle. Yeah. And I'm so happy. I'm so happy for And I'm very excited to be taking us all on this journey of my, I don't know, adventures in proper publishing. Yeah. I'm so excited. (laughs) Thank you. What about you? I mean... Yeah, I mean, obviously collection is my main news. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair enough. That's pretty big news to be Yeah, because I haven't really done much else in the past few weeks, really. Yeah. 
I don't think we were re- not really would expect you to, but it's fairly obvious. <laughs> yeah. It's it's wake up, go to uni, come home, watch Lost. Oh, it's so true. I'm saving Lost for books of the week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we should start a segment called What You're Watching. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Yeah, I've written it down. <laughs> we won't forget. Oh my God, okay. To be fair, yeah, because I <laughs> love series as much as I enjoy books. Mm, absolutely. And it's just, we love mm. a bit of alliteration. Yeah. I suppose I'll whiz through because I think I've got more news. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just general life catch up. Mm-hmm. What, what do I have here? Oh my God. So on the day I got offered my job, this is so niche, but not local, but anyone that knows the West End, whatever. Okay. One of my favourite shows that's been on in the West End the last few years was Half a Sixpence, mm-hmm. partly because I'm in abs- I was absolutely in love with Charlie Stemp, who was the lead in it, to the point where like I went to the show three times and then I, he does the Palladium pantomime. So I see him in that and I'm very much in love with him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he was doing a show in Guildford that that week, and I was only doing one shift in Guildford that week, so I was doing the rest covering Gollumming. And he, I, my mum was like, "You better keep an eye out for him." And I was like, "Mum, he's not going to come into Waterstones." Anyway, it was we were closing up at six. I promise this story gets exciting in a second. <laughs> and I was just about to close the door to our final customer when I locked eyes with a guy walking past. And I was like, hang on a second. And I was like, it absolutely can't be. Turns out it was literally, it was Charlie Stemp walking past Waterstones at the exact <laughs> moment I shut the door. And I just I just felt ballsy because I was on a bit of a high and I just called after him. And we had a lovely chat. <laughs> and did you he call was, after him? I went, Charlie! <laughs> he was like, yeah? <laughs> and he shit my hand three times. It was very Oh, erotic. <laughs> yeah. Introduced me to the girl he was with. I was like, I don't care. Not now, Charlie. Yeah. Charlie, please. <laughs> And yeah, it was quite funny. We were, I said that I'd seen him loads of times in Half a Sixpence and my mum even more. And he was yeah. like, oh, are you a performer too? I was like, nah, mate, I work in a bookshop. <laughs> but then we got a photo and it was, all, it was all just very nice. It was just a great hour for me. Yeah, that is really good. Yeah. And it was just, it was the only time I ever had my phone on me because I was waiting for a call from, from Penguin. Mm-hmm. So it was just absolute serendipity that I then bumped into Charlie Stemp. Mm. Yeah. And then the next day, we were on the local quiz. Did so you? really, I was just on an absolute streak. <laughs> Should have bought a lottery ticket. Yeah. I am i don't want to over-egg our achievement, but it's mm-hmm. quite a hard quiz, and it's a very popular one. You have, like, God knows how many tables all with lots of people on them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, for the entire quiz, we only got seven questions wrong. Excellent. How yeah. many questions are there? Eight About. rounds of 15 questions. Okay, loads. Yeah, absolutely tons. So, um... It was all it's all good. What have I got mm-hmm. here? But yeah, I haven't really done much. I didn't really do much after that. Just sort of drank a lot. Um, my parents went on holiday, so I was bonding with Rudy, who very is nice. very much settled into the family mm-hmm. and is a lovely lap cat that lies on me if I'm on the sofa. Oh, and he's just so, so sweet. He's so sweet. Love him so much. Oh, cute. And then this weekend was quite nice. I went to see... We're staying with Jordan in London. And we were looking for naturey things to do. Now, we considered Q, but also, A, you have to pay to get in. And B, I don't think everything is going to be out at this time. So we've just... No. And C, there's going to be an art installation going in at the end of April. So we figured, yeah. let's just do two birds, one stone, do it all then. So instead, we went to Kenwood House near Hampstead Heath, mm-hmm. which is absolutely lovely. Oh, yeah, beautiful interiors and really nice art. It was owned by Edward, I think was his name, Edward Guinness the creator mm-hmm. of Guinness, of, of much fortune. 
and he bought it before he died in the 1920s because it was going to be demolished mm-hmm. and then put loads of his artwork in it and the rest was all up in his country estate in Scotland and then when yeah when he died he left it all to the English heritage paintings paintings included oh, fab. and it's beautifully decorated and it's got gorgeous grounds looking out onto the lake and and I actually hadn't been to Hampstead Heath before mm. and it's so nice and nice. <laughs> this is this is niche humour <laughs> because I'm now considering that in a few months' time, once I've passed my probation, if I pass my probation at work, fingers crossed, <laughs> I will be moving to London, which is terrifying. I don't want to talk about it. I'm now looking at prospective places I want to live. And on the Northern Line is a priority. Now, are you familiar with the TV show Say Yes to the Dress? Of course. Yeah. Well, you will know that the stupidest thing a bride can do on Say Yes to the Dress is try on a dress way outside of her budget because, of course, she instantly falls in love with it and then can't have it. (laughs) Yeah. That was me visiting Highgate for the first time. (laughs) I have never fallen in love with a place so quickly and then been so sad that I'm never going to be able to afford to live there. (laughs) Oh, my God. Apparently, it's more expensive to live in than Chelsea. Really? God. But it's zone three. (laughs) Zone three. Yeah. Made me sad. Mm. Anyway, on that note. Oh, no. You already know about this, but I'll share it with the uh, with the group. Mm-hmm. I had two celebrity encounters on Sunday. Mm-hmm. The first one was when we were in, when me and Jordan were in Dalston. Uh, I don't know why I said that so heavily. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with Dalston. <laughs> Can be a bit scary, but it's fine otherwise. <laughs> we were in Dalston and we were waiting for the bus and this lovely doggo walked past, which we both admired and obviously pointed out the existence of said doggo. And we looked up and... Really couldn't believe our eyes, and before we knew it, she'd walked past, and it was FKA Twigs. My God. I, I just was shrieking internally. But the funniest bit of this story, and I hope he doesn't mind me sharing it, is that previously, and FKA, FKA Twigs is known to walk around East London, and Jordan had bumped into her before with a group of friends, and had tried to say hello and asked her for, a, and he said, "Can I have a photo?" But apparently, she just went, "No." <laughs> Oh my god, amazing. So Jordan has some hard feelings and resentment towards FK Twigs. <laughs> That's really funny. So I don't think it was quite as exciting as it could have been. <laughs> anyway, I then I'm leaving to go home and I get to Waterloo and I think, oh, no one famous is ever in Waterloo. Mm. You know, it's just full of people that live in Surrey trying to get home for the night after their West End shows. Yes. Or what what have you. And as I was waiting on the platform for my train to be announced. I looked over to the rather short man next to me and I was like, I, I absolutely know you from somewhere. Who are you? Where are you from? And I looked a bit longer. And it was Kevin Clifton from Strictly, <laughs> otherwise known as Kevin from Grimsby. God. But not in Grimsby. He lives in West London. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Kevin. <laughs> God, that is so exciting. It was more exciting than the FK, Oh, FK 100%. Twigs. Oh, my God. He was, he was very tactically... On the phone, mm. so as no one would disturb him, which I think was clever. <laughs> and he also, I think he was quite drunk, because he was swaying. He'd been <gasps> to see a West End show. Mm. Yeah. God. And, Kevin. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, thrilling. That is thrilling. How great for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very. <laughs> oh dear, what should we go on to? don't know. I never see famous people. No? No. Not one? I saw Molly Goddard the other day. That was quite cool. That counts. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, but she's I don't know I feel like designers are a different type of famous like they're really famous to me yeah <laughs> but to other I, people maybe not. I definitely have that with not obscure writers but like you know writers that you may not recognise in the street mm. like 
Sally Rooney. If I met her, I'd probably faint. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And That's I keep, I hope my future employers aren't listening. I will be, of course, professional in my new job meeting celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be like a, absolutely. I'm gonna be such a duck, you know, totally smooth on top, and like under the layer. Oh my god, it's Stephen Fry! <laughs> Stephen Fry. <laughs> oh dear. I think for like the seventh week in a row, we can skip currently wearing. <laughs> oh yes, let's. <laughs> <laughs> We're in bed, guys. Yes. And I'm reaching a point in clocking out of my job where I'm wearing like a comfy jump. I wore a comfy jumper to work today. <laughs> got this in a charity shop are you with me i was feel how cozy mm, very nice yeah it's lovely it's cozy guys <laughs> yes i'm sure you all felt it then yeah <laughs> right before we do what you're watching <laughs> currently reading um oh you're lost um, <laughs> well basically my normal book time i decided yeah. that i just had to finish lost yeah there was no way that I was taking any moments reading a stupid book. Was <laughs> <laughs> well, because at the, I was still on Elias Grace and I was like, do you know what? You're just not as exciting. Yeah. So I started downloading them for the train. I've finished Lost Now, everyone. I personally was satisfied with the ending. Yeah. That's the main takeaway. Obviously, yeah. no spoilers, even though it came out 100 years ago. Yeah. But I managed to avoid spoilers. I'm not going to give them to other people because I firmly believe that you should watch it. We were just talking about it now and I was really concerned we spoiled Belle if she had overheard our conversation. <laughs> Sorry, Belle. Imagine. Oh, yeah, it was just great. I think if you can... If you're the type of person that can, like, accept mm. wild things happening yeah. and that it's not necessarily grounded in reality, <laughs> then you would get along with it. Yeah, as long as you don't go into it expecting, like, realism. Yeah. Then... You know, sounds fair enough. Yeah. I don't think it's the kind of thing I will watch, which no. is why I was happy for you to tell me the ending. Mm. I think it's the type of thing that, like, the first series feels very realistic, and I think you could watch it as a standalone, mm. because now I'm obviously listening to a podcast about it. <laughs> I <laughs> spared no moments trying to find some, an adequate one, <laughs> and I'm quite enjoying now listening to stuff about it. Yeah. I don't know why I'm laughing. I do that. I I, I follow multiple Drag Race recaps. Yeah. <laughs> I Literally three. Yeah. Honestly, my favourite format of podcast are just ones that talk about TV shows. Because yep. it's all my the best favorite. things of watching, but while getting other stuff done. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't have to sit down and watch. You do it while doing other things. Yeah. Maybe after our hiatus, we'll just come back as a recap podcast. Oh, my God. I just, yeah. What could we watch? Miranda. Miranda. <gasps> <laughs> Write it down immediately. <laughs> I don't know how we haven't thought of this sooner. We're going to call it such fun. Oh my goodness, such fun. <laughs> Welcome to the official rebrand yeah. of Looks and Books. <laughs> sorry, we, Nora. Sorry. <laughs> if we ever do have like a Patreon with exclusive content, we'd have to do like recaps of episodes of Miranda. 100%. That's how we'd start. My face is so excited I don't want to do this podcast anymore. <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> They're starting OnlyFans. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> but the content is us talking about Miranda. <laughs> oh my god. I don't remember what I was talking about. Oh yeah, Lost. Lost. <laughs> what the fuck else would you have been talking about? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> the other day, Ollie told me that Lost wasn't a personality trait. <laughs> which it is. 
<laughs> this is my life now. It was no, it was when I said that you talking about losses, like when Katya kept talking about contacts <laughs> at the beginning of uh No, that's what you said about pop punk. Oh, <laughs> oh. I mean both are applicable. I'm starting to mix my references because they apply to so much of you. Of my personality, I know. <laughs> oh yeah, I said I that see about a adding. Lot of myself and sorry, I you no, you're absolutely correct. I've just that's total fake news. I said that about adding pop punk pop punk to the naughty throwback playlist. <laughs> oh dear. Sorry, me. not to cross my references. <laughs> what have you been reading? I assume I'm, a lot. No. Oh okay. No, you. When you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. <laughs> I. <laughs> Basically, because I've been so stressed following job gotcha. interviews, mm. I've, I've been doing... My, my spare time has been spent drinking. Mm. Celebratory, I don't have a problem. <laughs> and when I read on my lunches, normally, I've just been chatting with my colleagues because I've only... I was, you know, I've only had two weeks left with them mm. and I just don't want to, like... I can read whenever. Yeah. I will have time to read on my new... Oh, God, I, f- I keep forgetting I'm going to have to commute back to London. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it, but oh, well. So I haven't actually read much. I made a bit more of a dent in When God Was a Rabbit by Sarah Winman. It mm-hmm. just gets better and better. I still don't think I could describe the plot to you, but I'm very much enjoying what the characters are doing. Okay, and good. I think what I love about it is that it is, the view from the viewpoint of a child, mm-hmm. it's not written as if a child was writing, but it captures childhood naivety as if it was being narrated by an adult. Does that make sense? Yes, it So does. it's not like an old person looking back on their childhood. Mm-hmm. It's a child narrating it with the voice of an adult, but still with the viewpoint of a child. Yeah. And that's very impressive, I think. Mm, no, because I don't want to read a book narrated by a child because they're annoying, and I want things to be explored mm. properly and language to be, you know, good. <laughs> Yeah. I say not using very good language myself, <laughs> however. Uh, so, yeah, a bit more of a dent than that. Obviously, I've been reading Heartburn. Mm. But exciting. Well, one I'd love to advertise is a book I've previously read, but I, I'm, I'm about to start reading the updated version, mm-hmm. is that today, the 28th day this goes out, is the publication day of Nobody's Wife by Laura Pearson. Long-term listeners of the podcast will know I used to work at Agora Books. And, yeah, I when I was there... Laura was just had just published her first novel, Missing Pieces, mm-hmm. and this is her second. And I actually I read this as part of my interview process for Agora, uh, which was which was very fun. Do you remember yeah, that I one do. I read? Well, it's been published, and a few changes have been made. But um, I've got I've got the I've got a copy, and I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down and read it when I've got time. Mm. But yeah, I just want to say happy publication day to Laura, and go and read the book because it is. It will really have you racing to the end because you want to know how everything unfolds. But uh, it's about four people, three couples, two sisters, one ultimate betrayal. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's okay. uh, yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> so yeah, go and go and buy it. You can only get it on Amazon, but wh- you know, whatever <laughs> is what it is. Yeah, oh, nice. Yeah. So I haven't really been reading that much, actually. Yeah. I've got loads of my TBR pile once I start reading again. Yeah. Like Cersei by Madeline Miller. Mm-hmm. I've got a copy of that I want to read. Mm. I want to read... Oh, Spring by Ali Smith has just come out. Oh, yeah. Very excited for that. And then I've still got Lanny by Max Porter I need to read. Basically, I've just been like accumulating books. And, yeah. and I've Story not... I've, I've, I've been stockpiling. I'm about to do a massive stockpile. 
uh, in my final day. Oh god, yeah. But I I want to dedicate time just to reread um the His Dark Materials trilogy. Mm. So I'm like, how am I going to own me all the time with like everything? Yeah. How am I going to find the time to do this? Anyway, I'll make time mm. uh, by not watching. Lost. To be fair, I feel like reading his dark materials won't take as long as it looks like it will because they're really yeah. long books but they're still aimed at children yeah i hope so so you know yeah that's my life i'm hoping that in the next month that we take off oh, yeah. i'm gonna read a lot of that yeah so hopefully i'll be able to give my thoughts on some of those books i've just mentioned mm. yeah definitely yeah no it's been it's been it's been a bit different than my last like bursts of activity with reading mm. over the last few weeks but i don't really mind like my life is very happy and I'm not going to complain that I haven't really had time to read. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, what do we go on to now? I mean, what drag... you watching? Yeah, what you're watching? <laughs> drag Race. Lost. Oh, yeah, Drag Race. You can't talk about Lost twice, okay? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, no, Drag Race. I have to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> How are you getting on with Drag Race? Good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually thoroughly enjoying this season. Me too. I really, really am. I think... I like more people than I dislike. <laughs> yeah. And that doesn't happen for me no. very often. Basically, I still don't like Silky. And basically everyone else I'm not offended by. Yeah. I just like don't really care about some people. But that's yeah. not the same as not liking them. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I thought I didn't like Ariel, but actually maybe I do. Yeah, I'm in two minds about Ariel. Because I don't really care about her drag. But I quite no. like... Her personality. Or her honesty. Yes. Or, you know... When everyone was like talking about Silky behind their back, behind her back, Ariel was like, "No, I'll say that to your face." Mm, that yeah, was literally. me. I said yeah. that. <laughs> it was very Gemma Collins in the Big Brother house. Oh my god! When yeah. someone, oh, who is it? Christopher, what's his face? Says Gemma, I heard a rumor that you called me, and then Gemma goes, "A silly cunt." And he goes, "Yeah." She goes, "Yeah, I did." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so it's very that. Very yeah, that. I mean, still in love with Brooklyn. Oh, God, I'm Actually obsessed with Brooklyn Heights. Honestly, yeah. Have you seen... Did you see the photo she posted of herself when she was 17? Yes. <laughs> I mean, pretend she was 18, but... <laughs> a bit weird otherwise. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, just, she's Love just her. great. I mean, it's just like... It's... This is when RuPaul should have said, this is the highest level of drag. You're doing oh, it right here, right now. Honestly. Because it's just... It is that. Yeah, she's amazing. And I love, I'm still in love with Evie. Me too. Oh, I love her. What look was her? Oh, the clown look. I wasn't, the clown. didn't mind the clown look. There's I liked the jelly, it. I liked it, but it was a jellyfish look. Yeah. God, I loved that. Yeah. I didn't even Me care too. if it was messy. It was like good. No, messy. it was really good. And it's like, I mean, a lot, I, a lot of people are saying it about her, obviously, that she's just like a far more realistic portrayal of yeah. drag. Yeah. Absolutely. Because people bring just like thousands of pounds. It's actually ridiculous. Like, mm. you, you could make it yourself yeah you could make it cheaper this is this is where you know i agree that drag race it becomes difficult because it becomes like an impossible thing where you've got michelle saying you don't need money but at the same time you kind of do like definitely on all stars mm. you ha you have to have the money for the costumes oh definitely but evie is as, as completely as you say is proof that money isn't always you don't have to spend the thousands and thousands on designers mm. if you have the charisma and, you know, enough of a concept and decent enough execution, mm. you can do it. Yeah, definitely. So it's nice to see that represented. And yeah. I hope it takes that far because it should. Yeah, I think it will. 
And it's like she's still not just wearing a leotard. <laughs> just say Ariel. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, exactly. Yeah. What else have I been watching? Oh, oh, it, this, I just, I am just utterly and totally obsessed with Fleabag. <gasps> oh, my God. Much like the rest of the nation. Yep. But it's I don't so care. hard not to be. How could you not? How could you not be? It's this... just every time she sees that guy and she's like, fuck me in the ass. <laughs> that it couldn't be more me. <laughs> oh, I can't even tell you how many people I know at Exeter that are like the guy with the teeth. Oh my God. <laughs> it's unbearable. <laughs> even in Guildford, to be honest. Oh, yes. <laughs> Parents love me. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. I just... I've always there are there are some things that I love in in certain types of media. Mm-hmm. If a song has a gun sound effect in it, I love it. Mm. And if comedy breaks the fourth wall, yep. I love it. That's yep. all I need. Definitely same. So really, if you ever want to please me, just put on an episode of Miranda whilst playing Paper Planes by MIA. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> It's just so good. It's so good. And I, I, I tweeted, but I genuinely, I was dri- when when we saw when I saw you on Saturday. Yeah. I was driving home, and someone cut me up on the way back, and I, I genuinely did a withering look, like into my blind spot, and I was like, "Who was that for?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Can't go out with a dog. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I was absolutely sobbing when she <laughs> pretended to be a mugger and tried to get her boyfriend in the shower. <laughs> I love how she has, like, absolutely no sympathy. She's so much like you. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't care about other people's problems. Oh, God. Absolutely love it. Oh, you know, my dad's absolute favourite episode of the podcast is the one where you first announced that you were going to be class rep. Because it was just so apparent how much you didn't care about anyone else. Oh my God. <laughs> Look, it's, it's a bit where it's like, why do I have to deal with other people's problems? <laughs> Still true. Oh, I actually have not an update on that, but kind of like a... I mean, it's not about being a course rep specifically. It's yeah. about the saga that I told on here. <laughs> so long-time listeners of the podcast may remember that I'm a course rep, but mostly that there was a table debacle. Oh no, this doesn't, of the table. it doesn't have an update. Oh, oh does it, it does. <laughs> I'm so there's, up. there's the custody of the table. It's not as interesting. You sit back down. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the irony has become that no one is using the table. <laughs> it's become a sort of limbo. And because I was looking at it today and I was like, I said to someone, I was like, are you using that table? And she was like, no, people have just started putting old patterns there. The, so the person that ended up owning the table, yeah. he has started to use another room where there's more desks together so they can have like a big space. Yeah. Whatever. But then sometimes he comes past and he'll be like, are you using my table? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> it getting old. Yeah. So yeah. Funny. It well, is funny. <laughs> they weren't my curtains. <laughs> yes, Stacey, what you just said just then. It was really boring. <laughs> oh, God. You need to get a life. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what other main bullet points I have other than Fleabag. Let's go into it, shall we? Yeah, let's Let's go into the crux because it's not like we're putting it off. This is is no Marjorie Allingham book. Mm. So, yeah, Fleabag by Nora Ephron. Was that a real? (laughs) (laughs) 
was absolutely real. <laughs> That's like my mum continues to call Mabel Belle, which is my sister. And she's normally like, Belle, oh, sorry, Mabel. And the other day she just went, <laughs> Katie, <laughs> to me she was like, Katie, can you... <laughs> Basically, she asked me to feed Belle. I'm having another week. That, I promise that was absolutely, I think you could hear in the tone of my no, voice, yeah. that was absolutely a Freudian slip. Playback by Nora Ephraim. I like it, Denise. <laughs> oh, my actual and literal golly goodness. <laughs> Heartburn by Nora Ephron. It's taken a more solemn note. Mm. Right. Where do we start? I've got a bit of context. Yeah. Yeah, I'll context. just talk. Yeah. So. Do the coat. Do the, do the coat. So, is it. A, so, Fleabag by Nora <laughs> Heartburn by Nora Ephron. It's an autobiographical novel mm -hmm. written, or published at least, in 1983. And it depicts the breakdown of a marriage. Most, I mean, most notably, it's 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 Ephron's. Mm. So it's described as, and the, sorry, the, the beautiful editions we have were reissued by Virago last year as part of their 45, 40 years. Mm. And they did loads, like when we did Faces in the Water, uh, by Janet Frame earlier uh, last year that was part of this as is like The Magic Toy Shop by Angela Carter mm. and quite a few others yeah I've got them here I'm not going to go through them no but they are all beautiful yeah like they're some of the nicest book designs I've ever seen so this one is gorgeous it's like a red and white like arabesque food related pattern <laughs> yes <laughs> correct and the diamond ring oh and the diamond ring of course I only just saw that I thought it was a plate <laughs> Same, I don't think I realised that was a that, that was the ring. I yeah, so there's a great introduction in this by Nora Ephron herself that was an article or something she'd written for a publication like the New York Times or something like that. Mm -hmm. It basically says the, the the phrase thinly veiled, you know, autobiography. Because this is first and foremost a work of fiction. And you should read it as a work of fiction. It is very obvious that it is almost entirely based upon the real-life events of Nora Ephron's life. But she makes a really good point that if this was a man doing this, it wouldn't be described as thinly-veiled work of fiction. Mm. And this is boring, but I'm going to talk about it because this is my actual area of expertise because this is what I wrote my dissertation on. Mm -hmm. So I wrote my dissertation on identity and mental illness in the works of uh, Sylvia Plath and Janet Frame, where... Basically, because so much of their... I wrote about the relationship between their fiction being read as autobiographical mm -hmm. and therefore... Um, and, and and trying to reconcile that with their pieces of their non-fiction. Mm. Because their non-fiction is not... Non-fiction does not equate autobiography. It's the same way people... Because Plath doesn't have an autobiography, they use the bell jar and her letters and her journals to create one big autobiography but it's not the case yeah because it wasn't explicitly meant with that in mind so i sort of explored that and and 
literary, lit, or whatever you're trying to, what am I trying to say? Society's obsession with labelling a woman's work as work of fiction as autobiographical because the assumption is they're not able to think beyond their own lives, yeah. which is so misogynistic and insulting to, you know, the creativity and intelligence of, of women writers. And that's what Nora Ephron draws out, really. Yeah. She's saying, yes, this is autobiographical. I will hold my hands up and say it is. Mm. However, if it wasn't, it probably still would be called that because I'm a woman. Yeah. What do you think of that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, she puts it very well she in does. the introduction. Yeah, she does. So if you if you have this frog, I'll definitely read the introduction. It's one of the few introductions I did not skip. It, yeah. It's social. It makes you like her even more. Yeah. Like, it makes you want to read the book. Yeah. It's so funny in the introduction itself. Yeah. Absolutely. So, unlike, you know, Janet Frame and Sylvia Plath, where they're, they're heavy texts, you know, they're not really happy texts. Mm. Well, this one's happy, but it's funny. Yeah. Like, I mean, the main bullet point of this book is that it's snort on the tube funny. Yeah, it is very it's much. It's just really, really entertaining. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, narrated in the first person by Rachel Samstadt. Mm-hmm. who is married to Mark Feldman, who has an affair with Thelma Rice, a very tall woman with neck as long as an arm and a nose as long as a thumb. <laughs> so in, in real life, uh, obviously Rachel Samstadt is Nora Ephron, who in the book is a food writer. Mm-hmm. But Nora Ephron, you know, wrote and directed like romantic comedies and things like that. Wrote what, you know, in the film industry. Mark is Carl Bernstein, a political journalist that was... Um, integral and responsible like around the Watergate scandal and basically brought down President Nixon because Mm -hmm. of it and then Thelma Rice is Margaret Jay who was daughter of James Callaghan the UK Prime Minister one of the UK Prime Ministers and then like she was married to a Ponzi English ambassador Mm. yeah Mark obviously has an affair with Thelma (laughs) sorry (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah one Rachel is pregnant with their second child yes discuss (laughs) How did you first hear about this book? How did I first hear about it? Or like, when did you first become aware of this book? I don't really know. It's just a book I had heard of. Yeah. Because I think, because it's so old, a lot of people just sort of have. Mm. It's the kind of book where if I've mentioned it to slightly more mature people in my life, they've said, oh yeah, I read that years ago. No, yeah, it's one of those. I think probably most people would have read it when it came out. Yeah. And because the scandal around the real life marriage was so like people knew about it mm. and they knew that she because it was I don't really understand the like literal political side yeah. of it but there was like okay I don't understand there's someone called Deep Throat and they were like oh. doing exposés on political people basically yeah and she knew who it was because it's in this circle of people oh. and after the divorce she just like would tell people yeah she'd be like oh yeah it's this person oh so yeah. I think because of that people would have read it for gossip yeah and then obviously people would read it because it's about the breakdown for marriage and that's relatable for a lot of people. It is, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's very funny. And it is very funny. Yeah, no. I think I first, I really started to not hear about it, but it came onto my radar when it was re-released by Virago. Mm. And what I didn't know when I was talking to some of my colleagues at work was that actually this was a Waterstones book of the month last year. Really? And they never do retrospective books of the month. Yeah, how funny. They only really is do. Is it an anniversary or something? I don't know. I think they obviously just wanted to pick one of the Virago ones and maybe yeah. they felt that this one was going to be the most accessible to their, yeah. to their readers, which, I mean, what a great way of giving it a good boost for, for new readers. Yeah, that's really good. Because 
there are so many young people that will that should read this book and you know have yeah and uh, are yet to that will love it yeah definitely because i think it's one that i wouldn't necessarily have read no. had it not been in this cover and no. therefore to like relearn about it as a thing that we should read if this had like a crap cover and, and bad pardon it does like the original one yeah, yeah 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 and like crap copy like no offense for argo but even the copy for this isn't very good that blurb no <laughs> i didn't read it because of the blurb i read it because of the like the recommendations i heard around it yeah and as i say like dolly alston seems to talk about it constantly <laughs> yeah she does um We'll get to that. Well, no, we'll get to it now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what I love about Nora Ephron's... Oh, sorry, that was my notes falling down the side. What What I love about Nora Ephron's style of writing is that some people use the word unsentimental. I think that's correct. I think really it's matter of fact. Yeah. This happened, I this happened, that, this happened. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. And I see so many shades of that in Dolly Alderson's writing. Yes. I can see huge inspiration has come from Nora Ephron. Yeah, definitely. Which is why it's absolutely not a surprise that in a lot of her, like, um, like write, uh, author quotes on her work and stuff and on the cover of everything I know about love, it's like Dolly Alderson is a modern day Nora Ephron. Yeah. And I, and <laughs> yeah. I can get that because they both write honestly, unsentimentally and matter-of-factly about mm. love and growing up and, you know, things that some people are afraid, to, not afraid to tackle, but... Maybe they're dressed up more. Yeah. Or, you know, everything's got a lot of fl- more flowery language around that and they're not afraid to say it as it is. Yeah, definitely. And I think actually, like, her style of writing is funny, but I think people so often skirt around the point that when people actually say things as it is, people almost find it funny because it's shocking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is kind of what the whole book is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what it is. It's unflinching, really. Yeah. Like, you, she's, she's taken a scalpel to her own life dissected it, put it on the page, and then printed, you know, hundreds of thousands of copies for people to read. Yeah. It takes a real level of... Like, if you think about that, maybe... You, not you, but, like, it could be difficult to fathom what that takes. Like, yeah. To really put your entire life, and probably one of your biggest failures, mm. like, out there. The, the breakdown of a marriage. Because even though it was her second marriage, I think this was from what I gather from the book and from her readings, like, her first marriage was not one that she was particularly sentimental about. No. Like, it was... He was a bit weird and (laughs) had pet hamsters. Yeah. And anthropomorphised them, and she was kind of, you know, relieved to leave him. Mm. Whereas this was an absolute and total failure. Yeah. But not really because of anyone's fault other than his. Yeah. (laughs) So, or at least that's, you know, that's the viewpoint we're presented. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. But I... I totally get that. All the, you know now when now when people describe something something as being Nora Ephron like I'm like oh I understand yeah. why <laughs> yeah and I really see it. One of the questions I wrote down was mm-hmm. how did how did it compare to other books that are described as Nora Ephron esque? <laughs> and there's something about the opening line of this really isn't about you, where she's where it says something like I was looking for love on OK Cupid the day my father died yeah and I was like oh wow okay I absolutely see it yeah no like, definitely. I see it. That is, it's it's witty, it's cutting, it's shocking, mm. and to the point, and yeah, yeah, I really appreciate that. Mm. Agree. <laughs> I can't believe I was taking. I can't this... think of others I would have read that would have been compared to that. I guess. Yeah, because well, my... I wouldn't have noticed it before. Really, those are my two. Yeah, like those those ones, because I don't think I have read much like this. Um, no, but because it, it's very difficult, diff- very very different from other 
autobiographical fiction I've read. Mm. Oh, like, yeah. you know, the bell jar, like Faces in the Water. Mm. So that was, I felt, I, I found that interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I suppose an obvious question is, did you like it? Oh, God, yeah. Like, <laughs> I absolutely love this book. Yeah. Although, did you finish it? right. Please don't be disappointed. Okay. I have 30 pages left. Okay. That's funny because, I mean, I, you may remember that I read this for the, not for the podcast. I read it on my own. Yeah. <laughs> a few, maybe like a month or so ago. Yeah. Um, Before we decided we were going to do it on this. But I did start rereading it and I am also about 30 pages from the end. What page are you on? 126. Oh, I, I thought it'd be funny if we were on the same one. We're not. I'm on 144. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're a bit closer to the end than I am. But I... And it's absolutely ridiculous because I've literally had over a month to read this book. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. Things just... I just... Because it's quite short. I was like, oh, I'll be able to do this in an afternoon. I oh, literally. <laughs> I it yeah. It's going to take me another day or so. Yeah. But because there's a lot to unpack. And actually, some of her passages are quite dense, not in a bad way, but because she because ex- she's quite long run on sentences oh, sometimes. Yeah. I thought that it's it's not like Deborah Levy or you know Sally Rooney where there's a lot more dialogue mm. and you can oh, yeah, sort of not like really tear through it. Yeah, but that is not th- my m- me being not quite finished is not a comment on its quality. Mm. It's just that I ran out of time because I started it too late because I'm a twat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I'm up to the bit. I'm up to the bit where she's just starting to spread the rumors around about Thelma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how many, how much we want to do for spoilers or whatever. No, I was thinking that, or not. Well, you know. Well, I suppose you come here to get a spoiler, really. That's yeah, what, you do. <laughs> Let's just. <laughs> yeah. So, so very brief. Run. Do you want to do a quick brief plot rundown? I mean, you obviously have. Yeah. I know you would think I remembered it more, but perhaps I don't. Um, <laughs> so the whole book is really playing out in a, a two months yeah, or six weeks I think yeah. of time because I'm pretty sure at the end she gives birth that's what I can remember she does me. she said that I've I'm, I'm actually just got to the bit where she says there's a beginning middle and end the beginning is when she finds out and the end is six weeks later yeah okay yeah, yeah. Um, so the beginning is her finding out about the affair and then she immediately moves to her dad's apartment in New York yeah it's quite a hard book to break down in terms of plot because there isn't, not that there isn't a lot, but... Yeah, I suppose if we're looking for main points, obviously you've got Mark and Thelma having an affair. He, she she finds out, not because he tells her, but she finds an inscription in a book that she that Thelma has written for Mark that involves uh, Rachel and Mark's son. And that's mm. just like, it's just all shades of horrible. Yeah. He confront, she confronts him. He admits it, but says she's still in love with him. Whatever. Not whatever, but she she goes back to New York, and then she was in group therapy for a while, for nine years, and then mm-hmm. she stopped because she was cured or whatever. Yeah. And anyway, she goes back to therapy when she's on the subway. When she's on the subway, she makes like eye contact with a man, and she's got a big she's got a big diamond ring from Mark. She swivels it under a uh, and she puts it in her bra. Anyway, she goes to her group therapy, and this man that was on the subway follows her. And mugs the group at gunpoint and takes the ring. Mm. And then, really, Mark says, Oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to see Rachel, uh, I'm not going to see Thelma again. And she goes back to Washington. She talks with, she talks with her 
friends and stuff, and then to get revenge, Rachel starts spreading rumours that Thelma has a venereal disease because <laughs> yes. Washington is very small and everyone gossips. Mm. That's where I'm up to. I actually yeah. I know how it ends, but yeah, how do you how do you wrap it up? Because I don't I only know the very ending, so I'm not sure if there's any things to, to get to the end of that. I can't remember to be honest. <laughs> the, the way I understand it is that she gets she, she kind of goes back to Mark, and then while she's giving birth to their child, he's buying. Oh yeah, no, she's reunited with the ring that was mugged. Oh yeah. So she's reunited with the ring because the police catch the mugger and they return the ring to her, and then she goes into labour, and then while she's giving birth to their her and Mark's second child, he is buying a very expensive necklace for Thelma. Right, yeah. And then she finds out about that and then decides to sell the ring to pursue a life away from Mark. Oh, yeah. And that's sort of how it ends. Mm, yeah. I remember now, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, are there any, do you know if there's any big bits in between her, like, taking him back? No, she... There's a bit kind of near the very end where she like meets a man that she used to sleep with and he's also just going through a divorce oh. and they basically like are kind of like should we be together and then they don't okay. <laughs> but that's like kind of the only other thing that I can think of that happens in that time yeah yeah I mean yeah no, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a kind si- of all in the other bits I guess it's one of those books isn't this it this is the thing it's like Sally Rooney where yeah it's you're not reading it for what happens you're reading it for how everything is fleshed out in between it yeah so you know how she delves into the psyche of the characters and just the fact that rachel is a hilarious well you know nor nor everyone herself is a hilarious narrator mm. for me my absolute favorite bit about this book are the brackets if oh it's God, in brackets it's hilarious it's like a footnote yeah it's like a footnote <laughs> we love yeah. a footnote i agree my favourite line is the line towards the beginning about a woman that makes a good vinaigrette. Yes. That is one of so my favourite moments. So, because she is a... Oh, yeah, she's a food, food writer. writer. in it. And she... There's lots of recipes throughout, basically. Mm. And I always think, if I wasn't vegan, maybe I'd try them. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I skipped, I skipped them. them. Yeah, me too. Because I can't eat any of them. Yeah. The only ones I haven't skipped... Have you got to the bit about all the potatoes? I'm just going through that now. Okay, yeah. so there's a bit about loads of different types of potatoes, and I was like, wow, these I can do. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a bit where it was like pasta. Yeah, and I was like, pasta. oh yeah, I can do the pasta. <laughs> With the cold tomato yeah. sauce. Yeah. I know, some of these I was like, can I adapt it? <laughs> but it was really, it's not something I've really seen before with the, with the recipes. No, it's very done. clever. Yeah. Um, and I wonder how she, do you think she came up with them? Did she get advice on them? Because she's not a food writer. No, she's not. Maybe she could just cook that. Should we have a seance and like ask Nora herself, get a Ouija <laughs> yeah. board out? Aww. This upsets me that this is her only novel. Same. Like, yeah. Because guy, I, I don't even need to tell you this. I obviously failed on our other homework and didn't watch her films. Oh no, of course not me. I'm sorry, <laughs> I've, I have a very busy schedule of being offered dream jobs. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I feel like I really don't know much about her. So I'm not that equipped really to be talking. Mm. That's never stopped me before because I'm a white man. <laughs> I mean, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but I just I loved everything about this book. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what else to add really. I know. Um, what questions do I have? Yeah, no, it was just, did you like it? Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> favourite characters? Or favourite character? Oh, I mean, Rachel, obviously, because she's yeah. the main character. But the character that I am... Yeah. 
is Betty. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I, I was trying. I can't remember what her actual job is, but she says about her that she's she's basically just a gossip. Yeah. And it's that she always finds stuff out. And yeah. there's a bit where she's like, she's a witch for that sort of thing. It's like she always just like finds out weird things about people's lives. And I think because she's supposed to be sleeping with like yeah. p- politicians. Yeah. Me. <laughs> I feel like I'm one of the members of her group therapy. I think oh I'm Diana. <laughs> that has to make everything about that. Yes. I'm the one that, um, when the mug has been and after, he's like, did you fancy him? Yes. That's... <laughs> Even though he had a nylon stocking on, I was still attracted to him. <laughs> Absolutely me. <laughs> no, I'm the one that throws her plastic jewellery down in the Tara Masalata. Bye. <laughs> like, makes a massive show about giving up her plastic jewellery. <laughs> Literally me. Oh my god. Me taking off my watch that doesn't actually tell the time. <laughs> oh my god. Oh dear. Yeah, I mean, favourite moment, it's, I, it's difficult to pinpoint a favourite moment because it's all in the. It's just in the text, really. Mm. Like, it's not really about the moments of the plot, but the, the writing around it. Yeah. I love her use and her self awareness of exclamation points. Same, that really made me laugh. They are the funniest bits. <laughs> Gosh, I really. Well, did she say at one point, like, you can see how much this surprised me because of how many exclamation points have jumped in... into the text? That's in the, that's in the introduction, yeah. I think. Yeah, so funny. Oh my god. <sighs> I have folded down, and it's only, it made me laugh the first time, and it made me laugh again. And it's just <laughs> so stupid. This is such a me thing to fold down. It's about crayon colours. Oh, yeah. And it's, instead, all I know is burnt sienna. What good does that do me? Never once have I heard anything described as burnt sienna. Never once have I heard anyone say, follow that burnt sienna car. (laughs) (laughs) Because I hate that colour. And also, yellow ochre. (laughs) (laughs) They're basically the same and they're both horrid. (laughs) Oh, and, okay, the line under that is, I think there's a column in this. Yeah. Because everything that happens in their life, Mark makes into a column. This is what it's like being friends with Jamie. Really? Because Jamie has gotten to a point in their freelance career where everything that happens, they're like, I think I'll pitch this to someone. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a bad thing, Jamie. I don't love you, but Do you think there's something in this? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Do you think there's something in this? (laughs) I found my line about the vinaigrette. Okay. (laughs) I think it goes, um, okay, this is, it's a, it's a whole chunk. I'm just going to read it all. Mm Mm-hmm. The whole summer Mark was secretly seeing Thelma Rice while pretending to be at the dentist, I was cooking. That's what I do for a living. I write cookbooks. And while I did discover a fairly revolutionary and absolutely foolproof way to make a four-minute egg and had gotten to the point where I simply could not make a bad vinaigrette, this was not exactly the stuff of drama. In brackets. Even now, I cannot believe Mark would want to risk losing that vinaigrette. You just don't bump into vinaigrettes that good. <laughs> I don't know why that makes <laughs> me laugh. That's so funny. <laughs> Yeah. I folded down. I feel like this this is a good example of just everything. But it's her talking about the her original husband. Yeah. This just really made me laugh. <laughs> um I she's spoken about the man that she dreamed of as a child yeah. or whatever. Then I grew up and settled for a low-grade lunatic who kept hamsters. At first I thought he was charming and eccentric, and then I didn't. Then I wanted to kill him. Every time he got on a plane, I would imagine the plane crash and the funeral, and what I would wear to the funeral, and flirting at the funeral, and how I would soon start dating after the funeral. (laughs) (laughs) Not with you. Shit, honestly, that is so me. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I just there's so many shades of this book. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's and I so really would good. recommend it. Like, yeah. 
I don't think, you know, we're not going to be the first people that will have told you to read this book, but we should be the last. Yeah. Because you should read it. No, literally. Giving it a rating out of 10. I think it's a solid nine for it's me. It's a nine for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nine for a book I haven't even finished yet. Yeah. No, honestly. It's just so good. And so quick. Well. <laughs> well, it's quickish. I'll make you hate men a bit more. <laughs> oh, I like that line about the uh, when her dad's like, I hate men, I always have. Yeah! That's literally... My dad literally did that at the Antiques Roadshow the other day. <laughs> For God's sake. Just sorry things. Yeah, honestly. Oh, God. Uh, well, should we put a line under heartburn? Yes, let's. I feel like if we stop now, we can just about make it succinct. Mm, no, definitely. Right. Oh, I love that. Mm. Right, I never know which order we do this in. Save of the week or naughty throwback. Save of the week. We can do save because yep. I have remembered that I never found one. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I, I know two. you're excited about yours. So I have two. that's good. Yeah, my first one is actually from Yonks ago, and mm-hmm. it is, oh, it's just a fantastic look from someone I followed for a very long time, and I've basically watched them grow up okay. from being like a squeaky teenager to like full blown now uh, actor and singer that's getting cast in loads of things as a um, gender non-conforming actor. Wow. And they're called Miss Benny. Mm-hmm. And this look is just a shoot. Oh my God, so It's nice. just so cool. So it's like a, it's a long tailored blue, light blue velvet blazer. Yeah. Belted. And then with knee high shiny boots. Oh, I so know. Nice. And then a matching gloves in the same texture as the boot. And Amazing. Yeah. It's just, you get red for it on the runway for it being too simple, but it works in this photo. No, it does work. If you like... Velvet and vinyl things. Mm. You'll love my <laughs> final collection. <laughs> <laughs> I love both of those things. <laughs> Want to dress you up in my love? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, side note. Oh side note. The last five songs added to the playlist are the best things that have ever happened to me in my life. Oh, 100%. Well done, us. Yes. Yeah. So that's my main... Not my main look. They're both looks. Yeah, but yeah. That's... And then I, I figured, obviously, I think we should give a shout out to Morgan Crawford looking oh God, yeah. amazing at a burlesque workshop in mm. sort of this really nice, almost like sunsetty pink and purple lingerie mm. with matching pants. Yes. She looks great. She's so good. <laughs> I want to I wanna learn how to do that. Oh my God, same. I looked on the website, but it's they matter, don't do that near us. It's a matter, Burlesque. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah. Oh, amazing. They can be our collective saves of the week. Fab. Yeah, I agree. Naughty throwback. Okay. I've got two, of course. I have two. The first one, I I think both of these are like, I'm fairly certain they're not on here. Okay. I, I know that the first one isn't, but the second one I'm a bit iffy on. Yeah. So, Girls Aloud, no good advice. The best rock <laughs> song of our generation. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> and because, I mean has to be another Madonna song. But I was like, let's break it up a bit. Yeah. Uh, Me Against the Music. Yeah, Britney not on and Madonna. There. Amazing. No, not on okay, fantastic. Oh, good. I don't need no good advice. I'm already <laughs> wasted. Oh, love it. I love that song. Me too. That song taught me... what. That Wait, there's a really... There's a weird word in that... No. Uh, anaesthetised. Didn't know what that oh, meant yeah. when I was like six. <laughs> Definitely. Now same. know what anaesthetizes. Mm. <laughs> Great choices. Thank you. I was concerned one of ours are going to be the same. Anyway, mm. mine, j- just as a reference to the fact I've gotten my dream job, it's mm-hmm. going to be The Beginning by RuPaul. Oh, because amazing. this is the beginning of the rest of my life. I mean, literally. Yeah. 
And then my second one is a shout out to Jamie. And I'm putting Karma Chameleon <laughs> on the playlist. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> because if you haven't seen the video of Jamie being played Karma Chameleon in the back of an Uber, first of all, I hope the rock you're living in living under is warm oh literally <laughs> and second of all watch it it's absolutely yeah. hilarious <laughs> jamie's micro expressions make me scream with laughter every time it's so funny <laughs> so yeah those are my two suitably oh, gay i found oh very yeah very good <laughs> i think i think we're nearly done i think we are i think we need to make an announcement we do need to make an announcement if you've made it to the end thank you yeah this is going to be our last podcast until May. <laughs> Pause for effect. Yeah. After... My family fully thought it was the end. Oh, yeah. The, the, the end. Shocked expressions at dinner. <laughs> no, no, don't panic. No, as, as you know, Kat's deadline is five weeks today. So it's just, it's just in our best interests. Yeah. So we're going to be taking a five-week hiatus, or six-week hiatus, really. Yeah. Um, until we're able to record and get ourselves together. Yeah. And, and it's I... good timing for you because... It is good it timing be for me. Good, you know, nice to have an adjustment period where and you don't have to think about anything else. Be able to settle in, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm kind of grateful. I'm really going to miss it, but... I know, same! When I think about how long it feels and we don't do it for two weeks, it's actually really sad thinking about, like, six weeks is a summer. I know, I know. And it's, yeah, it just also doing this two weeks makes me, like, love doing it weekly. Oh my god, same. Yeah. So... <laughs> it's fine, we'll just have to spend time together normally, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, yeah, it's going to be a lot, but we yeah. hope you understand. And we will be back with a yeah, vengeance. We will be back with a vengeance. Like, I think we fully will, to be fair, because we can plan. Yeah, absolutely. We can think of some books. Because my biggest thing with this is that, obviously, we this is our 37 episode, like, and we've been doing it for nearly a year. I don't want it to ever feel like we're just putting out content for the sake of it. No. And it can be easy to fall into that rut. And then with that comes a resentment that you have to do the podcast and take time to record it. And I never yeah. want it to feel like that because it doesn't. No. Um, but it's always at risk of doing it. It's anything that you do repetitively is at risk of doing that, isn't it? No, literally. And then you start doing it and you, re- you remember in that moment how much you love doing it. Yeah, literally. Sometimes I feel I feel very Emily sometimes. Mm. Like whenever I'm like, I hate my degree. And then I'm like, no, I love my degree. Yeah. I actually do. I love every bit of it. Yeah. But it's just a lot. It is. But I feel very hurt. Yeah, I love, I love my, my job. job. I love, I love my, job. my job. I love our podcast. I, love... <laughs> I do. I actually feel really sad. No, no, no don't be sad. Oh, no. Don't be sad. It's ending. Be happy it happened. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. We're gonna be able to plan and come up with things. And, yeah, because yeah. I feel like our actual topics we need to think of. Mm-hmm. They, they're always a the thing. They've like. been tenuous. They have the last. If you have a topic for us to do, send it in now. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Do you know what? Don't even tweet them. Email them. Oh, literally. At hello at looksandbooks.co.uk. Let's get some use out of that Twitter account. Oh, uh, that God, yeah. email account I paid for. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Don't want to talk about it. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Probably, even... like, mid-May we'll be back. Yeah. Which is fair enough. Get excited. <laughs> Mark your calendars. Yeah. We're not going to set a book club in that time. Because you no. don't set homework over the summer holidays. Christ, no. But we'll, we'll, we'll be back with a catch-up. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. We'll be We've got time yeah, after um, summer catch-up. <laughs> and then set the next look club and book club. Yeah. So it's all going to be exciting. Woo. All right. Well, until mid-May, mm. we will see you guys later. Mm. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
<laughs> Sad now. <laughs>